Hi, I'm Chris McBrien. And I'm Derek Myers. Here at Pop Goes Your World, we've received a lot of great feedback on how much people enjoy the trivia segments that we do at the end of every episode. So we've decided to go back and put together compilations of the Fun with Yancey and Fun with Caveman segments we've done over the years as a set of bonus episodes. We hope you enjoy the fun. Episode 56, Films versus Movies. Fun with Yancey. Okay, so I'll tell you what, you guys can both play along this week because we have both of you here. Um, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I decided to kind of dip into the millennial pool a little bit in terms of the uh, the tool that I would use. So I went to the IMDB, the Internet Movie Database. And what I did was I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make things easy for you. You know, Yancey, yeah, so you're obviously familiar with IMDB. You know, you use it all the time. If you go in there and take a look at any any films that are listed there, um, they will list um, a little synopsis, usually just like one or two sentences, right? So I'll tell you what, here's what I'm going to do. These are what I would consider to be films, okay? And I'm going to give you the film synopsis right out of IMDb. All you need to do, name the film. You guys can handle this, right? I like it, yes. Okay, so we'll start with some easy ones, okay? You guys ready? Yep. Okay, a Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote hotel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. Psycho. Okay, a mentally... You didn't give me a chance. Sorry, Nancy. <laughs> I was pausing, 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 and I'm like... And he just jumped in. Point. Yeah, okay. Okay, so next one. A mentally unstable Vietnam War veteran works at night in New York City where the perceived decadence and sleaze feeds his urge for violent action while attempting to save a pre-adolescent prostitute in the process. Taxi. Oh, yay. Well done. I, I, you, I didn't know it. I have any idea what it was until your very last part about the, the young girl. And I'm right. like, okay, it's got to be taxi. Weirdly no, I've never seen that movie. Oh wow, you guessed it. Oh, I got okay. That, I got to put that down because I got to give that to you as one of the movies you got to watch. <laughs> I got to be honest. I saw it once and I didn't care for it. Oh man, I love that movie. Oh man, I love it. And I just called it a movie. It's a film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, next. During the Vietnam War, Captain Willard is sent on a dangerous mission into Cambodia to assassinate a renegade colonel who has set himself up as a god among a local tribe. I know this one. You know what, Derek? Yeah, I know it. Go ahead. Now. That's right. It is. It's a bottle now. Okay. A, mani- a manipulative woman. I told you these would be easy, right? A manipulative woman and a roguish man conduct a turbulent romance during the American Civil War and Reconstruction periods. I have no idea. Hmm. The Civil War? Yep. A manipulative woman. Probably the most manipulative woman who's ever been on film. And a roguish man, who doesn't give a damn, conduct a turbulent romance during the American Civil War and Reconstruction periods. No, no? idea. 1939. Because said, I don't give a damn, mm-hmm. that gives it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Gone with the Wind? Gone with the Wind is correct. That's right. Okay, this, one, this one's for Yancey. Okay, and it's, it's an old movie, too. It's from the 50s. Okay. This one's for Yancey. A silent film production company and cast make a difficult transition to sound. Oh, I know. This is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it's one of I, Yancey's favorite. I don't know. Favorite. I don't know. Go for it, Derek. <laughs> is it Singing in the Rain? Of course it's Singing in the Rain. 
Jeez, yeah, I've seen you. that movie too. I know you girl, My first girlfriend ever. That was her very favorite movie, and she made me watch it with her. And I was like, oh my god, I hate musicals, but I really enjoyed it. Okay, so this next one's a tough one. I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. It's a foreign film. It's one of my, my top five favorite films of all time. Okay, hypnotist Dr. Caligari uses a somnambulist, Cesar, to commit murders. No idea. No idea. 1920. We've, we've almost swept. Come on, Derek. 1920. I, I mean, I could hazard a guess just because Chris already told us what his all-time three favorite films were, and I think it might have been one of the ones he mentioned. No, it's not. It's okay, not. Okay, I have no idea. Can you read me the clue again? Uh, it's right in the clue. Hypnotist Dr. Caligari uses a somnibulist, Cesar, to commit murders. I'm going to say the hypnotist. No, it's the cabinet it's of the- Dr. Caligari. Oh, yeah, geez, never wake up. I was going to say Manchurian Candidate. No, no it's, it's one of my favorite films <laughs> of all time. I, I love it. Yeah. Oh, I love that film. It's great. Okay, so here's one. And I think I, I want to throw this one to Yancey. It's an old one again from the 50s, but I think Yancey can get this one, okay? A San Francisco detective suffering from acrophobia investigates the strange activities of an old friend's wife, all the while becoming dangerously obsessed with her. Is this Vertigo? It is very yes. well done. I was just nice. going to say, I think I know this one, but you got it. And my last one I will throw it to you is a millennial film. Okay, so I can't make it uh-huh. too easy. A little bit hard, but I don't know. It's a great film. A young Chinese warrior steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure with a mysterious man in the frontier of the nation. Derek? No idea. Doesn't even the last samurai. <laughs> no, it's from 2000. Say it again. Say it one more yeah. time. A young Chinese warrior steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure oh. with a mysterious man in the frontier of the nation. Is it Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Very good. Yes, we go. yes it we is. Pretty good, Derek. Not oh, too Derek. bad. Not too bad so, at all. So, Chris, can I throw one to you? Of course so, you can. Of course all right. you can. So let me let me build this up a little more than it needs to be built up. When we used to work at Blockbuster Video, we didn't have the IMDb because this was pre-internet when you had like video cassettes. And what we had was the TV Guide. This was the literal TV Guide magazine that you bought off the shelf every week so you knew (laughs) what was going to be on TV that week. Right, right, yeah. And people, real people got paid real money to describe television shows and movies in (laughs) one sentence. Oh, my goodness. Into the TV Guide. Very cool. And so – when we were at Blockbuster, it used to be funny as we would take the TV guide, someone would bring it in every week, or they'd probably bring in the one from the week before when their mom was done with it, and they would read us the one-sentence descriptions, and we'd have to try and guess what movie that was describing. So our favorite oh, that, that we constantly cool. went back to, whenever yeah. we get new employees come in, we're like, oh, I've seen everything. We're like, okay, I'm going to give you a one-sentence description. Tell me which movie this is. So this is our favorite one. <laughs> Good. You guys both can jump in on this one. Good okay. luck, Yancey. Four Atlanta businessmen go on a bad canoe trip. Deliverance. Bingo. Yes. <laughs> not bad. Not bad, eh? Yep. Oh, that's all right. Uh, too bad. Next thing we'll have to get into some Canadian film, too. We didn't do that uh, this time. But uh, hopefully we, we kind of got to got to talking to some of, you know, the ideas of movies and films. Like I say, it's just something that just came, came up on a previous podcast. We decided to kind of flesh it out a little bit. Episode 57, Children of Men, movie review. Fun with Yancey. Okay, Yancey, you love this movie. I'm going to throw some trivia at you and see how well you know this movie. Uh, some of these you're already going to know. So the director, uh, Quaron, 
in, in addition to directing this movie, obviously, he also directed uh, what a lot of people, probably myself included, believe is the best film adaptation of the Harry Potter series. Yancey, which Harry Potter movie did he direct? Uh, is it The uh, Prisoner of Azkaban? Yes, it is. That's right. Okay, so I'll tell you what. I'll make things a little bit harder for you because you're a millennial. There were mm-hmm. eight Harry Potter films. Of course, there was only seven books. Because like, right. they, they had to do a money grab on that last one by making it into two movies. That's so dumb. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, so there's eight Harry Potter movies. What number in this series was The Prisoner of Azkaban? Oh, uh, so it's The Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets. I'm going to say the third. Yes, you are correct. You are correct. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Charlie Hunnam is in this movie. He plays the part of Patrick. He's the guy with those crazy dreadlocks, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yancey. Which TV series, uh, it was actually produced and shown on FX, is Charlie Hunnam best known for? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, I thought you know it's Sons of Anarchy. I've never seen that show. Mm. I, mean, I just can't get into like the biker type. And to be honest with you, I didn't even realize that that was him because he looks so different in that. Yeah. But. Okay, I'm going to give you an easy one then. All right, a 50-50 question for you. Okay, so Children of Men, it cost $76 million to make. What the hell did they spend $76 million on this movie? <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. Uh, anyway, uh, the film cost $76 million to make, amazingly enough. Um, so a simple yes or no answer here. Did the film make money or did it lose money at the box office? Mm. I think you would... Uh, I, I don't know if you're trying to play like a reverse. Man, I don't know. 79 million. I'm going to say it made money, but just barely. No, yeah, sorry. It lost money. It only made 35 million domestically. It made 70 million worldwide, but still did not make its money back. 76 million it cost to make. Uh, okay, so here's another one. <clears throat> what do these following films all have in common? Okay, I'm going to list four movies. You tell me what they all have in common, okay? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Bench Warmers, Failure to Launch, Barnyard, the original party animals, and John Tucker must die. Four movies. What do they all have in common? Mm. Did they all come out in the same year? Yeah, they did actually, but it's more than that. Can you take it a step further? I cannot. <laughs> they they all made more money at the domestic box office than children. Oh, than that's low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those 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 luminary films, bench warmers, oh, and failure Chris. to launch. Uh, okay, so I, I already I know you know the answer to this one because you mentioned it earlier, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Uh, in one scene, obviously, we see that giant floating pig balloon. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, he added that. Uh, the director added that uh, to the scene as an homage to what 1977 rock album? You mentioned uh, Pink Floyd's Animal. That is correct. You did. Episode 58, Taxi Driver, movie review. Fun with Yancey. Okay, Yancey, it's over to you. I nominated this film. That means you get to pepper me with trivia questions on it. So uh, fire away. Okay, like I said uh, before, I always have a bunch of questions. I, I've, <laughs> I've learned with Chris that I have to make a really long list because he's going to cover most of it during the show, so such is life. Um, all right, so the first question, you mentioned that Jodie Foster plays a 12-year-old prostitute in the film. How old was Jodie Foster when she actually played the part? I think she was 12. She was exactly 12. Yeah, okay. All right. That would have been a little bit more tricky, but it was not. Okay. All right. That's, so- that's a Fargan trick question. Oh, that's another <laughs> That's another uh, Gen X uh, movie you'll have to get you to watch. It's, yeah, it's lost on me, that reference. Yeah, Gen Xers out there going, I know what that's from. That's from Johnny Dangerously. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Okay, so any guess how much did Robert De Niro get paid for his Oh, I think, I think he got paid 35 grand, and um, is that right? Is it 35 grand? 
It's exactly thirty-five. Yeah. And and what happened was he had he had settled on the the amount of money to be paid for the movie, but then The Godfather Two came out and it really elevated his status. But he said, you know what? I'll just. He could have actually kind of sort of battled for a bit more money, and he decided not to just to be able to get the project made. Yeah, that's what I read as well. And basically, the uh, the company themselves were they were worried because they they knew that he deserved more, but the you know the company was so hell bent on not making the film in the first place. Like it was basically right. you know like a long shot to make this film as is, and if De Niro asked for any more money, it wasn't going to get made. So it was just kind of cool that he actually honored that and made this film. And, you know, here we are talking about it mm -hmm. however many years later. But, okay, um, so I, I was talking about Jodie Foster. So yep. she was 12 years old whenever she was, you know, in this movie in Taxi Driver. There were a couple scenes where she actually required a body double because yeah. it was obviously too inappropriate for a 12-year-old girl. Right. Can you name the actress that played her body double? I don't know her name, but it was her sister. It was her older sister. Yep, it was her 19-year-old sister, yeah. Connie Foster. Connie, okay, there you go. Okay, good job, Chris. You're Not really bad. good at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so who played... Actually, let me go down a little bit. You, you answer that, too. Okay, so you mentioned uh, Bernard Herrmann, right? He composed the entire score for this film. He did. Uh, and he died posthumously, but he was, re he was awarded multiple awards for his work on the score. So what was the first film that he ever produced a score for? Well, you know, it's my favorite film of all time, and that would be Citizen Kane. Is it your favorite of all time? Yep. Interesting. Okay. I, I mentioned that when we did the film versus movie podcast, my favorite films of all time are Citizen Kane is number one favorite film of all time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was, I kind of listed them off in that, but no, that's my favorite film. Not my favorite movie. My favorite movie is Star Wars, but my favorite film, quote unquote film is Citizen Kane. Yeah. Oh, okay. You did say that. Okay. Yep. Love it. Love them. All right. So who was Martin Scorsese's first choice to play Travis Bickle? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, he had, it wasn't Dustin Hoffman there. He had looked at, uh, he looked at a bunch of actors like Dustin Hoffman was in uh, Burt Reynolds and Warren Beatty and guys like that. But I don't know who was his first choice for it. I'm not 100% sure. You know, what? I'm going to give you credit for that because it actually was Dustin Hoffman. Oh, it was Dustin Hoffman? Oh, okay, good, good. Oh, Yeah, it was. I, I actually mentioned him earlier in the show just to mm -hmm. kind of throw you off, but it was Dustin Hoffman. Okay, so in the coffee and pie scene in the diner, you yep. know which scene I'm, I'm yep. talking about, of yep. course, mm -hmm. uh, what topping, what weird topping does Travis order for his apple pie? He puts cheese on it. Melted cheese. Yep. Is that a thing? Is that a Canadian thing? What is no, that? I've never heard that. See, that's funny you mentioned that. I always thought that up here in Canada, we always thought that was an American thing that you put like a slice of cheese. I've heard of people doing that before. I've never wanted to try it. I think if I'm not mistaken, was it Ed Gein? We've talked about Ed Gein so many times in this podcast. He was like a serial killer in Wisconsin. And I believe that he asked for his final meal before he was executed to have apple pie and cheese. And I think that was the inspiration for this character to eat that in that scene. But I always thought it was like an American thing. You don't put cheddar cheese on top of your apple pie? Down I don't. Seats? And with that Ed Gein comment, let me just scratch off the next trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> it's okay. Um, um, all right. You know so, what? I, I just got, you know what? I got, I just got a Netflix and chill and then let you do your thing. Oh my God. Let's see what I did Do you there? have like these written down somewhere? Or no, these, I'm are just, you just pulling them out. Memory? Just pulling them out. Uh, sorry. All right. I got a couple more if we have time. Yeah, of course. Lay them on me. All right, so which famous musician did uh, Robert De Niro credit as his inspiration for the improvised line of Are You Talking to Me? So he was at a concert, uh, and it was uh, it was the boss, Bruce Springsteen, had yelled that out at the concert, and it always stuck with him. 
God, man, are you reading like the same stuff I'm reading? Like, this is no. so refreshing. I always think I'm going to stump you with these, but I really um, like this. Movie. I really like this film a lot. And I have for many, many years. And I just I don't know. I just love this stuff. So. All right. Let me see. I think I have one more that you haven't already answered. Uh, who was the first choice to play the part of Iris? Martin Scorsese actually mentioned this a couple times in interviews and on YouTube videos that I was able to pull up. There was one actress that he was thinking of specifically, but uh, she actually backed down because she thought that the film was, quote, too weird. Was it was it Melanie Griffith? God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a that's a sweep. Chris. Good job. Like I said, I really, really like this film a lot. Episode 59, the best Christmas movies and TV specials. Fun with Yancey. Okay, Yancey, I'm going to challenge you this week, and I'm going to give you some trivia questions. So what do you think? You think we can uh, we can handle these? Um, I'm going to try. I don't know if I'm going to do particularly well. So Okay, well, well, we'll do our best here. Okay, Charlie Brown Christmas. We talked about that one, right? You right. like that movie. It's on your list. You love it. So you're going to know this very well. So what traditional... Christmas Carol, does the entire Peanuts gang get together at the end and hum and then eventually sing at the end of the show? <laughs> Damn it, Chris. Snoopy's got the long <laughs> nose in the mouth. Ooh. Oh, uh, Joy to the World? It's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That's actually the name of the song? Yes, you don't know that song? And the parents, of course, don't sing along because if they did, it would be like... Okay, Rudolph. You mentioned Rudolph and you love Rudolph. So here's an easy one for you. Rudolph had a girlfriend. What was her name? Oh my God, I can't even remember her name. Um, let me think about it for a second. Uh, Vixen? No, Vixen. <laughs> You're just, it's because you don't watch these things on TV every year. That's why it's Clarice. 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 Yes, Clarice. Okay, Hello, I'm going Clarice. to give you one that's in your wheelhouse, okay? In Elf, you know the movie with Will Ferrell, Elf? It's in your generation. Yes. Yancy. Okay. In that movie, Will Ferrell's character delivers a 12-second belch, making it the longest belch in screen history. Yancey, though, what Gen X movie character held the previous record for the longest screen belch at seven seconds? Oh my god. <laughs> it's a movie that I made you watch. Um Was it from uh Revenge of the Nerds? Yes, what was the character's name? Oh, you're so close. I cannot remember his name oh, to man. save my life. It was Booger. Come on, Yancey. Jeepers. <laughs> With okay. all due respect, Chris, like as soon as I watched that, I was ready to kind of flush it from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hated that movie. Oh, man, this is all oh, you're so wrong. Uh, of course, you know, you grew up without TV specials. It's just the way you was raised, I guess. Okay, uh, in Home Alone, you know Home Alone. You obviously know that movie. You've seen it many times, I'm assuming. Chris, as soon as you said that, all of a sudden I feel like I cannot believe I didn't put that in my... Oh, my God. What well, a... Yeah. What a what a really blatant omission. That is oh, so oh, well. bad. Well, we're bringing it up in the trivia section, so it's all good. You you grew up without TV, Christmas TV specials. It's just the way you are. It's all good. <laughs> um, uh, so in Home Alone, which actor improvised all of his lines for the movie? Yancey, do you know? Mm, I'll give I you don't. A, I'll give you a hint. He really only had one scene in the movie, but it was a pretty long scene, and he improvised the whole thing, made it up from scratch. Um, I don't know. It was John Candy. Remember in the back of the truck when he's going on and on about the, the, the band that he's with and no? 
Not ringing a bell, Chris. Have you seen the movie? Have you? I have. I have seen it. Honestly, I can't even remember John Candy being in it. So like, oh, I'm going to have to go back oh, and look at it. Jeepers, I tell you, I just some days I just give up. Again, it's because you didn't grow up watching TV specials. That's what's wrong. <laughs> um, OK, so the last question is this. So this is actually a debate question. I want to know what are your thoughts? And you mentioned it briefly before. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Using the criteria we set aside before, if you took Christmas out of it, does it still make sense as a movie? And the answer is yes. So, no, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. Please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. Oh,